Okay, sorry guys. Due to technical difficulties, we are still outside. Okay. So yesterday we learned that there's something that we learned that we are seeing in this week's prior show, which seems to contradict what we know in Chassidus. In Chassidus it says, a Meshur Abenu wanted to give the Jewish people a vivid perception of godliness, and he was unable to. And Hashem told Meshur Abenu they can't get this level yet. The only level they could get is a level of called listening, level called hearing. And that's why the beginning of Parsha Seikov says, if you will listen to my mitzvahs, you can't get the vivid sight of Hashem yet. That's not the time for it yet. Instead, all the Jewish people can receive is Shmiya is listening. That's what it seems like from the way the Alter Rebbe describes this. Eschana, Meishabin, who asks Hashem, Hashem responds, of Tishmon, all we can get is to listen to Hashem. We can't get to see Hashem. It doesn't just mean to, to listen to Hashem's voice. It means to our connection to godliness, this period, is only in a way of hearing something from someone we trust versus someone something that we see with our own eyes. But in this parasha, it begins with, look, I give you today a blessing. And the word blessing means revelation. It means something that's vivid, as opposed to the word haidah. Haidah means to acknowledge something which you cannot see, which you cannot experience. You just accept it's true. Like a little while ago, we all said, may the ani. May the ani means I don't understand why this is the way it is, but I acknowledge Hashem, you're the truth. Bracha means that something is in a vivid revelation state. Like when Shemana Esrei, we say, blessed are you, God, we're speaking face-to-face with Hashem. That's what Shemana Esrei is about, of being in a state of oneness with Hashem in a vivid, clear way. So, Moshe Rabbeinu tells the Jewish people, look, I give you today a blessing. That means we're able to receive a vivid perception of godliness. So how could that be? Before we get to how could that be, which we, just let's talk about the, what the words mean, a vivid perception of galliance. For sure, every one of us, and I'm not saying every one of us in the, um, in the ha- happily ever after kind of way, I'm saying every one of us in the very um, tangible down-to-earth way. The Friedrich Rebbe says that every person, every Jew, could look at their last day or the last week, they could see how things that didn't know how they're going to connect to each other connected. You could see divine providence in a vivid way. You didn't know how it was going to work, and you could see yourself in the last day or week that things connected. So you could see there's something else going on that's, that's making things happen. That's called seeing godliness clearly. That's called a vivid perception of godliness. The uh, Rebbe Hashab's Chassidim were really into Hasidus, and it's hard for us to imagine how much they cared about it, but I'll tell you the story anyways even though it's a little bit uh, off color. So the Hasidim, two Hasidim were discussing whether the average businessman could reach the level of Yehudi'ila, the level described in Shara Yehudi'ila, of understanding the oneness of Hashem in the highest level. So one told, Reuben says to Shimon, no way. Shimon says to Reuben, of course they could. And they had such an argument that Reuben, who said they couldn't, hit Shimon in the head with his shoe. Because he's like, sacrilegious to say that a businessman could reach that level. Sacrilegious. How could you say such a thing? So they brought their argument to Rebbe Hashab. The Rebbe Hashab said, business, those who sit in the tents of Torah could understand the oneness of Hashem. But those who do business, they see the oneness of Hashem. So there's certainly something of divine providence that 
we could relate to and we could see with our eyes. In a way, that vivid perception of godliness is beyond what we can learn in Hasidus. It's because it's vivid and it's tangible and it's relatable. You know, when you see something, it's, 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 it strikes you differently than something you just understand. So there's clearly something of divine providence that, that we're able to see with our eyes. But the mimer isn't only talking about seeing divine providence. The mimer is also talking about having a vivid perception of Hashem, period. That, the, that Yiddishkeit and Terimitzis is real to you in a way that it's similar to something that you see with your eyes. It's, that's how real it is to you. If Terimitzis and, and Yiddishkeit is vivid to our eyes, you know, it's, it's a whole different experience. It's, it's a whole different kind of, whole different kind of uh, decision-making, a whole different kind of, 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 of Terah, of Mitzvahs, of Staka. It's, it's a different world. So that's achievable. And how is that achievable? It says, it's not achievable. So the Rebbe answers, it's not achievable according to the usual order of the, of the cosmic order of Ishtal so the spiritual cosmic order of the chain. If you're talking about God's essence, God's essence isn't limited. And Hashem can give every Jew this ability to have a vivid perception of Hashem. Now in this mimer, Rebbe doesn't explain why this specifically is related to Anila Deidi. But in other sikhas, in the sikhat of Shinnun, uh, Rebbe explains that Anila Deidi means that I myself come close to Hashem. I am my own. I, with my own power. Having a vivid perception of Hashem means that I reckon, that's me, that, that I, when you say, I understand, that's not you talking, that's your brain talking. When you say, I see something, that's you talking. I see it. If you see something, it's, it's, it's mamish a part of you. So since the Abishter gives a Jew the ability to have a vivid perception of Hashem, which means, that you don't look at the Gashmias of the world as the reality. You say that the Gashmias of the world is questionable. There were Hasidim that would live with this idea their whole lives. Is the world a reality? Nah, it's not a reality because the Trebish is a reality. Ah, it says in the Torah, Hashem said it, that he created the world. Okay, there must be some truth to the world because it says on the Torah. That, that's, that's a kind of conviction that the Abishter grants the Jew. So how is it possible we're saying we have this conviction when so it says it, it's not possible. So the Rebbe says, that's not only according to the order of the Shalshos. But this blessing of this parasha is, look, I am giving this to you. It's coming from Hashem's essence. And Hashem's essence is unlimited, and therefore it gives every Jew this ability to connect to Hashem this way. And when you have that vivid perception, then anilo that I come to my beloved. It has to do with you yourself. It has to do with how you feel. It's, it's not... When you go and dive into Hashem, you open your siddur, you say, you're doing what you're supposed to do. But is that you talking? When you finish davening, and someone says to you, how are you? You say, Baruch Hashem, now you're talking. That's you. So having the vivid perception of Al-Kus, that we see Hashem, and Hashem is, is, the, re, is the most authentic thing that we know about. And Termitz is, is the most authentic thing to us. Then, then Anil, then I come to my beloved, then it's me. So it's not only that we're able to also have a vivid perception of Hashem by seeing divine providence, but Re'eh means that the only thing that should be true to us, the realest thing, the truest thing, the most authentic thing, is the Eber Shterner That's the blessing of, of Re'eh. 
how could that be? Noisin. Hashem gives us, a, gives us a gift. And that's something that we're able to do on our, do naturally. It's a gift of Hashem that allows us in this, in this month, Hashem gives us this present of Re'eyanich. Okay. And this explains also why the Pasuk concludes with the word curse. What's that this curse? How come in the middle of this romantic moment where God is saying to us, I'm giving you all these gifts and everything's so wonderful and dandy and you're only going to have terror mitzvahs in a very vivid way and Yiddish guy's going to be real to you all of a sudden and it's going to be the realest thing that Hashem puts in and I'm also give you a curse. Now, it's like a friend of mine who, Harold uh, Slan, is in prison most of his life. He sent someone a, a gift bomb, you know? It's a gift, <laughs> but it's a bomb. The, the, the federal government doesn't like that because they, they think it's very cruel to kill someone that way. So they, get, they give a much larger sentence than a regular murderer. Anyways, so the Abishter gives us a gift and throws in this bomb and a curse. What does that mean? So he answered that the word curse over here isn't meant to be understood. Hashem is giving us a curse. Opposite. Hashem gives a Jew the ability to transform a blessing into a curse. Hashem gives the ability to transform what looks like a curse and to make it into a blessing. There's a beautiful, beautiful teaching of Rabbi Yitzchak in the Pasuk, Tztaka Tatzel Mimavitz, saves from death. It's unbelievable. So I believe these teachings are just Mabel Sarayan, they're just astonishing. Those words, Mavis, are an acronym for the word Mavis. Mavis, saves from death, is an acronym for the word um Mavis. Uh, those words you have at the um the letters, uh, Utstaka Tatsim Mavis. The letter Vav in the word Mavis stands for Utstaka. Then the letter Tof in the word Mavis stands for Tatsil. The letter Mem stands for Mavis. So you have in the, in, in the word Umavis, uh, the word for death, has an acronym for Staka Tatsim Mavis. So you have the, the word Umavis twice. You have the word umavis as it is written in the Pasuk, Saka saves from death. And you have the word death as it, is, as it is an acronym. In a similar way, in the beginning of the Torah, the Torah talks about, the Torah talks about how the world was desolate and empty. The world was toyhu. The word toyhu, desolate, is found in the, in the, in the Torah, in the, in the written Torah. But the word toyu is also found in the acronym. The world was desolate is an acronym for the word toyu. So the says in the Zayar that about this Pasuk, Staka saves from death, Zayar says this is referring to people who work hard to study Torah from all colors and from all sides. The Zayar says, from all colors and from all sides. What does that mean? It says in Tanya that there's two ways to give tzedakah. There's giving tzedakah because you're a Jew and you have an neshama and you're kind and Hashem gave each of us a kind animal soul that we're merciful and kind and want to help people. That's one kind of tzedakah. Then there is a higher kind of tzedakah that you give because it's hard, even when it's hard for you, when it's difficult, you push yourself. That's, 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 called, that's called the effort of tzedakah. 
So there is the open and obvious kind of tzedakah, the one that's, so to speak, written in the Torah. And then there is the hidden tzedakah, which is in every Jew, that's not written in the Torah. That's, that's not written in your soul in a very vivid way. It's something which is beneath the surface that you have inside of you. So the so to a Torah study, you could study Torah with a with a um, using you know your natural interest in studying Torah or your natural obedience to study Torah, or you could study Torah and says in Tanya to learn Tanya to learn Torah one hundred and one times to go beyond yourself. So we have two kinds of Torah study and two kinds of kindness. So colors are things you could see with your eyes clearly. You could define a color. It's red and blue. At least you guys can. I'm, I'm a little bit colorblind. But the Zohar says, Staka saves from death. All colors, those who study Torah with, with diligence, with exert themselves in Torah study from, all, from, both, from both colors and both sides. The word colors, I believe it's success, is referring to the the natural ability of each of us to study Torah and the natural ability of each of us to be kind. That's a color, that's vivid. And then there is a higher kind of Torah study, a higher kind of giving staka, which is alluded to by the word side. A side isn't clear where the side begins or where the side ends. What is which side are you referring to when you see the word side? That's already not a not a, a, a vivid, clear thing when you see the word side, what a side means. So that's what the Zohar alludes to with the words, two colors, two sides, that there's, there's two kinds of, of, of giving and two kinds of Torah study. And there's also two kinds of death. There's a physical death, and there's also a death at the Neshama. So the Zohar is alluding to that when Yid gives Takar, Yid learns Torah, that saves their body physically, and, save, and then when they make an effort to study Torah, make an effort to give Takar, that saves the Neshama spiritually. That, that reveals and that helps the deeper part of ourselves, the higher part of ourselves, which is not so vivid and clear. Just like in the words Mavis and the word Tayu, you have the word Mavis and Tayu the way it's explicit in the Torah. And you have also the word Mavis and the word, and the word Staka, the word, the word Mavis and the word Tayu as it is in an acronym. So there's some things that we have naturally and there's some things which we have to work on. It's true that every Jew has the ability to see Hashem. Hashem gives every Jew the ability to see Hashem. Divine providence. But then there's a higher kind of vision of Hashem. That Hashem gives us in this parasha, gives us the month of Elul, that, it's, that Yiddishkeit period is more real to us. Okay. Now we're up to the Rebbe's question. The Rebbe's question is, if there's such a gift in the month of Elul, if God is really guiding us in such a deep way, why is the month of Elul called Anila Daidi? Why they're called, I am going by myself to serve Hashem. You can't do anything by yourself. You need Hashem to help you. What are we talking about going by yourself? Hashem has to help you do, do whatever you're doing. So the Rebbe answers, this that we say at the month of Elul is our efforts first, our, our initiative. That's only looking at the month of Elul from the perspective of the order of the, cosm- of the spiritual cosmic order. But there's something else in the month of Elul. There's God himself assisting us. So there is the way things are overtly, the way things are clearly in Hasidus and Yiddishkeit. And there's something behind the scenes, something deeper that's going on in the month of El. <laughs> Just in another Maimah, which we learned several times in the last couple of years, the Rebbe says these words. He says, the very fact you know the king is in the field and he's your king and the king is the heart of the Jewish people 
Just think about the natural reaction you'd have knowing that the king, your king is in the field. Your connection to the king is from your very core because the Rambam says the king is a heart of the Jewish people. So when he's there with you in the field, that already arouses within you something very deep. So why are we saying, El is, I'm going to my beloved? It's because the king is in the field. And the answer is, is that when the king is in the field, it causes something very deep within ourselves to come out. So it is Hashem assisting us. Hashem does help us, that's true. But that assistance isn't Hashem giving something otherworldly to us, something out of the outside of us. Hashem's assistance is meant to touch something deep within us. Joseph says that says in this mimer that it's coming from Hashem's essence, not coming from the spiritual cosmic order. So too, within a Jew, it's not coming, the avoid of the service of Hashem in month of El isn't coming just from our natural ability to serve Hashem when Hashem inspires us. It's coming from the very core of the Jew, from the anilodai, from the eye, the essence of the Jew. So the bottom line is like this. In, in Kabbalah in general, it says that there's three kinds of arousals from above. There's an arousal from above that Hashem gives us to evoke to, to, to nudge us, to make a step. Then there is, when we do make a step, when we do make an effort, then there is Hashem's response and Hashem's revelation to us because we made that step. Hashem says, you made a step, I'm going to make a step. And then after our initial step and Hashem's response, then Hashem, we are on a different level now because Hashem has lifted us up. We're now a vessel for something bigger. So then Hashem doesn't just reward us commensurate to what we've earned. Then Hashem gives us a gift that we're now able to receive as a present, not that we've earned. The first, the nudge of Hashem that Hashem gives us to start us off is, is clearly coming from Hashem as a present. The Hashem's response to our efforts is called like a sale. Like we made the effort, we put it in, Hashem responds. And then there's a third gift from the a third revelation of the Abishter, the once we've made that I have given and you've given, then Hashem gives us a third gift from Hashem that we're now able to receive as a result of both our initial efforts and Hashem's response, which has lifted us up to a higher level. It's called Nechsidus Aser Shlim, when there is a, a hole, when there's a wholeness to our service of Hashem, that we've made the effort and Hashem has lifted us up, then we're a vessel for something for a third thing. So in this Mimer, the Rebbe is addressing the first step. That is saying that the very first step you make to Hashem, don't think it's by yourself. It's because the Abish is holding your hand. I, we say Anilo Deidi. Yes, Anilo Deidi is something which is written about in the Torah according to order of Ishtalshlos. But there's something coming from Hashem's essence to your essence beyond what the, the arousal from above. There, Emotavel has a lot of revelation of Hashem and inspiration, true. That's, that's, that's there. But beyond all that, the Abish's essence touches the essence of a Jew in the month of El as well. It's not just the order of the spiritual cosmic order. There's something deeper that's going on. And that's why the Avoid of El is called Anila Deide. I'm doing this effort. It's me, even though Hashem is, allowing, Hashem is inspiring me because Hashem's inspiration is meant to reveal who I am. Let's uh, read the last uh, few uh, words in the Mimer. Uh, let's go from... We have a, it's 6.59, let's do three minutes. We'll, we'll be able to finish it. Uh, let's go from line number uh, 68. I'm sorry, line number 67. We connect 
all that we've said above with the Aved and Montevel, which is called, I come to my beloved, and my beloved comes to me. God only asks according to their abilities, meaning according to our abilities. So how can we say that we're making effort on our own? Every effort on our part requires an assistance from Hashem. How can we say the month of El, God is not inspiring us, we're doing this by ourselves. We can't do anything by ourselves. How can, how can we're saying it's Hashem giving us the opportunity to make this step first move? There's no such thing as a first move. Every move of a Jew is with Hashem's help. According to we said till now, we could answer this question. When we say the month of Elul is only our efforts, our, we're doing this something by ourselves, that's looking at the month of Elul from the perspective of the spiritual cosmic order. In that order, yes, there's no gift of Hashem first. But if you want to talk about how things are behind the scenes, how things are beyond the spiritual cosmic order, the opposite, Line 84. The power that we have to serve Hashem in Montevelo is beyond Hashem's description as a, as a lover of the Jewish people, beyond beloved. It comes from God's essence. God's very essence assists the Jew to make the effort in the, in the, in, in, and gives us a gift. As we learned yesterday, gift is always given with a good eye. Hashem gives us a gift from His very core to allow us to make this effort of coming to this power is given to every Jew, the good eye. And it's only with this power that Hashem gives us that we're able to arouse Hashem to respond to our efforts. Hashem first gives us the initial nudge and allows us to make the step, which allows us to then receive Hashem's response to our efforts. So Hashem first coaxes us to make the step, then Hashem responds to our, so to speak, our own efforts, which He assisted. And then another thing happens. Then Hashem gives us a third gift. And not only does Hashem respond to us based upon our efforts, but then Hashem gives us something that's beyond what we have earned. And He gives us a new revelation of Hashem as a result of us being in a, a vessel for it having made the effort ourselves and receiving Hashem's light from above, that came as a result of our efforts. Then Hashem gives us a second revelation that we're now a vessel for. That is the meaning of the, of the words of the Zayar, God rests in a complete place. This third revelation is not a result of our efforts. Once we've made the effort on our own, then we are a vessel to receive a new gift from Hashem from on high. So the, again, the first there is Hashem's initial nudge to us, which is with a with good eye, with a gift. Hashem wants to give us and inspire us in Matavelo without us doing anything. Hashem makes the first move. And then there is our, so to speak, first move as things are overtly in the Matavelo, the way things, are, way things seem that we're making the first move. Although Hashem is deeply connecting to us, but then, and as a result of our efforts, Hashem responds and gives us reward for our efforts. And that causes a third thing, 
And Hashem causes a new revelation afterwards. Any questions, comments, criticism to the cucumbers? Isn't that the same process? Isn't that the same process as the higher level of tshuva that that comes as a gift from God? Or no? It's similar. Uh, yes, it's similar. That uh, uh, I'm not sure exactly what you're referring to. Are you referring to chapter 14 in Tanya? Sure. <laughs> I don't know. There is something that, that the Egyid makes an effort and the Abish lifts him up as a gift. And at first, the Egyid makes an effort and, and Hashem, but there's, there's something else though. There's, a, there's something Hashem responds to us when we make an effort. That's not a gift. That's we earned that. Then there's once Hashem responds to us and lifts us up to a higher level, now we're able to receive something else which is not commensurate to our efforts. I, I thought that was like part of uh, the, the process of tshuva, that the highest level of tshuva comes as a, as a gift once we've made all the efforts ourselves and, and done everything we could. But that's what I, I thought. I think, I think it's the same concept because we're talking about the month of Vayda of El, Vayda of Tshuva. You make it, first Hashem nudges you to do Tshuva, then Hashem responds to you and lifts you up as a result of your Tshuva, and Hashem gives you something else, a, a, new, a new revelation, which is, which is a, a deeper closeness with Hashem. It's, I think it's the same in you. Anybody else, any questions? All right. Good day, everybody. Good day, Good day, Good day, Good day, David. Good day, Jonathan. Good day,